0: The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Is that good? Let's get into the Word. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, I thank you for a church that has a mission's heart. And God, I thank you for the schools that we've already reached. And I thank you for the schools that we're going to reach. And God, I pray that today... We would be blessed by your word, and I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to every single one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about picking a fight. I don't know if you've ever been in a schoolyard scuffle or anything like that in the past, but picking a fight. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was playing rugby league for my school. Now, I don't know if anyone played rugby league. I heard that the Waratahs won by one point last night. So uh, there's some excited people here, but uh, one of the things I love is I love all of the different sports, but I tell you what, I just love state of origin, and I'm telling you, I was so pumped that New South Wales finally broke the drought. I'm believing for God's blessing and favor for another 10 years on us, and, um, and I, I don't know if it's you, but I watched that, and, and that, especially that second match, I was just like, you know, this is it, you know, we, this is make or break, and, uh, and I remember... Just the, 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 they were on a knife edge, weren't they? Like it was almost like, uh, you know, like at any second, they're going to they're gonna just have this big all-in, you know, the entire team's just going to come running off the benches, the coaches will throw their, their headsets off and run down, and there'll be this big fight. I thought it's going to be awesome. And look, let's be honest, I know it's not politically correct, but we all love it when they do, don't you? We all love it when they yeah, they're going to go for it. Oh, I shouldn't be doing that in front of the kids. But, uh, but I remember that as a, um, as a, as a young man, discovering my faith, there was times in my life where my faith was tested. And I remember that there would be people that would try and pick on me because of my faith. And, uh, and I had to ask myself, and I learned this saying as I, I, I started to live by it, is that I needed to ask myself before I wanted to react rather than respond, I needed to ask myself, is this a hill worth dying on? Is this argument or is this fight worth it? Is it really a hill that I want to give my life for? And the answer, more often than not, was to actually say, No. You know, I want to stop this. And today I want to talk to you about picking a fight. So let's go to one of the best fights that I've ever seen. And the fight is not the one with David and Goliath, even that's a pretty cool one. But it was kind of pretty short. Hey, no one likes going to watch a bat- boxing match. And in the first 10 seconds, kapow, someone's gone, right? Pay all this money. I I can't believe it. You know, I've I've paid for pay for view, and 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 that's it. You know, is there any more? Pick him up. You know, like you know, let's do it again. But this one went for a long time, and I and I like this. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 32, and we're gonna pick it up in verse 22. For those who don't have a smartphone or a Bible paper version, you'll see it up on the screen here. And he arose. Now we're talking about a guy named Jacob. And the Bible says here that he arose that night and he took his two wives and his two female servants. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a man who lives with conflict right there. (laughs) Two wives. Hallelujah. What a crazy man. He's brave. Okay. And his 11 sons. Well, there you go. That's even worse. There you go. And then he crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook. And he sent over... What he had now what, let me just frame the context here. What's happened is there's a bit of history here. His good old Jacob had a, um, had a twin brother, who he was born with, obviously, but the, uh, the older brother, he came out first, so he's the one who got all the inheritance. And long story short, he's basically you know tricked his brother uh, because his brother obviously valued food and himself and, and self-gratification more than he uh, valued his own birthright. And so Jacob saw this weakness and actually took a, took a hold of that weakness and as a result got the birthright off his older brother by only a few seconds. And the Bible says and shows us in previous chapters is that his older brother is just out to kill him. Like literally just wants to not just have a wrestle, not just have a bit of a biff up and then a nice little cup of tea after to work it out, but actually wants to kill him. And so Jacob is on the run. And so what he realizes is he has to go back and face his brother eventually. And this is the moment. So he sends his wife, wives, his female servants, his sons, and everything that he owns over the brook, which is where his brother is. It's his territory. What an incredibly brave man. Send his wife in. I've seen, I've seen husbands do this, is that they have an issue with the pastor or with the leadership or something like that, and they send their wife in. I'm like, you are a wuss. Anyway, but um, although it is effective, um, but I remember that. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That's terrible. Okay, keep going. The Bible says here, then Jacob was left alone. Well, that's what happens. I mean, I just love how the Bible states the obvious. I mean, he sends everyone and everything over, and then it says he was alone. That's just great. Yes, of course you're a loner, mate. You've just, you're a wimp. And then the Bible says, Amen. Now, in my Bible, and hopefully in the translation up there, yes, it's in capitals. It says, Amen. Now, what that Bible is trying to get across to us is that this is not just some ordinary man. That would be a small caps M. But it's actually a capital M for man. And the Bible shows us that this is God. And the Bible says here, it goes on to say that he wrestled with him until the break or the breaking of day. And then he saw that he did not prevail against him, capital H, he. So God saw that he could not prevail against Jacob. So here is Jacob sending everyone and everything over in front of him. From all appearances, this guy is a wimp, but yet he takes on God and he's wrestling him. And the Bible says that God realizes is that this fight that is picked it's going on for a while and it's not going to there's no sign of an end. Now, the Bible doesn't go into it, but I reckon that this was the Old Testament version of UFC. I reckon they were going for it. And uh, the, I mean, who would who would not who would who, I don't know about you, but it wasn't just a little wrestle. It's going to hug, you know, every couple of minutes and have a little man hug. No, this is like they were wrestling. The Bible says and to save us from having to read all the gory details, it just says that here they are in the evening, and then until all the way through the night to the breaking of day, a very long time, these guys are wrestling. And the Bible says that he touched the socket of his hip. Now, God starts playing dirty. I like that. You know, like, everyone thinks that God is this uh, nice, you know, cushy God that'll do whatever I want, rub his belly, and he'll, he'll, he'll do my prayers, Right? But this is not the God that I serve and the God that I see in the Bible. The God that I see in the Bible is a just God, you know, a holy God. And the Bible says that God, straight away, just at the, near the, nearing the break of dawn, reaches out and takes out Jacob's hip. Now, I've never had my hip come out before, right? Never had it. But from what I've been told by people that I know have had it happen, is that it's excruciating pain. It hurts. It hurts. The only thing that I've ever done is dislocated my knee, and that, my friend, took me out big time. I just went down like a sack of potatoes. I was I was um, snowboarding over in New Zealand, in Queenstown, and then as I'm trying to do a bit of a move, bit of a kick flip, double flip, three sixty, whatever you want to call it. What are you talking about? I can't believe you're doubting me. I mean, I was pro. I was on my way to the Olympics. No, not quite. Um, and when I Landed successfully, I didn't crash, and then I was just doing some more traversing, and I remember my knee just came out, just went bunk, and that was it. I just went down like a sack of potatoes, friends are going, what's wrong with you? And then I had to wait for someone to come and take me down the the mountain. My my knee just went like that, and it was bad news. Now, this is what's happened to this guy, Jacob, but it's in his hip. Do you think he just stopped? No. Do you think he gave up? No. The Bible says that he continued to fight. And wrestle with God, that amazed God see i don 't think anything takes God by surprise, but I think he likes to see it you can 't tell me that God didn 't know that Jacob was going to wrestle him all night long, that Jacob was not going to give up, that Jacob was going to keep pushing through, that Jacob was not going to let him go i don 't believe for one second that God didn 't know that was going to happen. I just know. And through what I see through the Bible is God likes to see it. He wants to see what's within you come out of you. Now, I don't know if you've ever washed your car. Hopefully you have, and you haven't just got people down the road to do it. But if you take the time yourself to get a sponge, if you were to get a sponge, how do I know what's in that sponge? What, what, what have I got to do to the sponge? i got to squeeze. I've got to apply pressure. And then I'll know what's in that sponge. So let's say... I was to get some really dirty water and I wanted to, you know, um, play a joke on you and I kind of submerged it into some uh, dirty water, made sure that there was nothing on the surface that would give it away and I was to give it to you. The only way you would know what was in that is if I was to squeeze it and I'd see that the water was murky and it's dirty. The only way for me to see that it's clean and it's appropriate for me to use to wash my car would be to squeeze it and see what's in it. See, the same with our character and our integrity and I believe our faith is that sometimes God stands back and lets us go through a little bit of pressure, a little bit of a hard time, because what does he want to do? He wants to see what he knows is in you, but he wants to see you use it and allow it to come out. Now that might be speaking to some people in particular situations right now, because I've been there as well, is that God sometimes just allows us to be squeezed a little bit. The Bible remembering says that it's not it's not there for us to, for, you know, for it to destroy us. God doesn't intend that. He doesn't want us to become so weak that we crumple under it. What He wants you to do is engage your faith and let what's within you come out of you. And let it come out and believe God is going to use it. Amen? Long story short, the Bible says that not only did God knock out his, his hip, but He basically, you know, starts to address Jacob and what Jacob meant. He says to him, What is your name you know and the bible tells us that the word jacob comes from exactly what happened at birth he literally even as a baby was trying to beat his brother out of the womb and somehow in amongst the wrestle within his own mother's womb he has lost that wrestle i don't know about you but maybe jacob was saying to himself i lost one wrestle and i ain't gonna lose this wrestle either because the bible goes on to say that after god renames him he actually you know realized that that jacob was a wrestler he was somebody who was not willing to let go of god unless he was blessed and that's what jacob wanted i won't let you go until you bless me you know the word jacob means following after or supplanter the word supplanter basically means to replace i mean that that that's That's somebody who's following after a leader and just only has one intent, not to serve the leader, not to work alongside the leader, but to instead replace the leader. This is who Jacob was, and this is what his name basically entitled his whole life. It means to trip up. It means to come from below, right? Like It means to attack from below, from a place where it's in the blind spot of others. I mean, this guy didn't used to attack from the front he come from behind. he come from the side. he come from your blind spot. And that's what Jacob meant. And what God needed to do was to get out of Jacob, that fighting spirit. He needed to get it out of him. Quit running, Jacob. I need you to stand up and be the man of God that I've called you to be. And the Bible says that that day was the day that Jacob's name was changed. And it became Israel. It became the father. He became the, the beginning of, of the, the Israeli um, nation. See, we can look at this story two ways. We can see it, as most people see it, as a man who wrestled with God. Because that's what most people say, right? But I don't know about you, but I kind of see it the other way, is that there was a God who loved Jacob so much that he would wrestle with him. That he would allow himself to appear to him in a a, a man-like form and get down in the dirt, get down into the wrestle, into the sweat of things and wrestle with this Jacob. To bring out of him the best. To bring out of him what he knew was within Jacob. No one else could see it. Everyone else could see the supplanter, the the, the deceiver. But God looked past all of that. And he saw the champion that was within Jacob. The man that desired blessing. I don't know about you, but this morning, maybe you can look at your own life for just a second. And just say, well God, thank you. Thank you that you saw past the outer exterior. Thank you, God, that you didn't see the the person full of shame, the, the person full of hurt, the person that's hurt other people, the person that's been hurt by other people, the person that feels like a failure. Thank you, God, that you looked past all of that and you saw past all of that and you saw me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me, that you did this for me and I did not deserve it. You know Paul puts it another way in Ephesians 6:12. You know this verse? The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I want to say to you today that every single one of us are wrestling. We're wrestling with things, maybe with financial challenges, with business challenges, with options and choices, with family matters. We're wrestling with things day in and day out. But I want to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself, are you wrestling with the right things? Are you allowing the right things to take your attention? I'm preaching to myself right now because there are things in my life where I've been tempted to wrestle with these things and tempted to go off on these tangents. But I want to say to you today, you've got to ask God, God, is this the wrestle that you want me in? Because I believe every single one of us are wrestling with something. What do we need to wrestle for? Well, there's three things I want to quickly pose to you are the three things that we need to wrestle for. Because for us to define. And maybe ask ourselves and decide, what is the wrestle that's worth wrestling for? The fight that's worth fighting for? Firstly, is a wrestle for personal resolution. I don't know about you, but you know, in life, there has to come these times where we get this resolve and we basically make the decision based on what we know to be true. What we see is true. And I, I know in my life that many, many times, I'll just draw on one, but many times in my life I've, I've had to, you know, basically go, God, I'm going to enter this wrestle. I'm going to do what you want me to do in this wrestle because I've got the resolve. I know for certain this is what you want me to do. Personal resolution. I remember that my wife and I grew up in, or uh, um, well, I, I was in Blacktown, but I attended the Penrith Church and I met Belinda at the Penrith Church and she'd grown up in Penrith, but only just newly saved. And I remember that uh, we got married two years after we started dating and, and we were just, you know, like loving life. And I remember that as a youth, pa- assistant youth pastor out there, I was one of the youth pastors overseeing certain age groups. I remember that there was just this thing in my in my heart that it was like, I just aren't resolved here. I, this, is not this, this is not where I'm meant to be. This is. I thought I was going to live here, die here. This is it. I was just going to stay here. But I just, I just, God, there's something more. And I remember that um, as an as a, as a assistant youth pastor, I had an opportunity to do stuff in schools. And as a result of that, I got involved with an organization called Youth Alive. And there were opportunities opening up. But I remember that my wife and I would just, you know, like turn up Sundays and turn up Friday nights at youth. And there was just something that was missing. Until one day, Pastor Jack Haynes, uh, my pastor at the time, said, called me in and said, look, there's a pastor down in the North Shore of Sydney who's asked if he can talk to you about being his youth pastor. Hallelujah. And I remember, yes, hallelujah, it was the land of milk and honey. And, uh, but I remember that we, you know, looked at, looked at it. We met with Pastor John and Ann and met with the board and, 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 and for us, the resolve came. It was like, God, thank you for that personal resolution. That was the moment where we knew that we were making the right choice and that we knew that we were going to come to a wrestle. Is that every place you go, wherever God takes you, there's going to be effort. There's going to be a wrestle involved. There's going to be a fight. But I want to tell you that when you're fighting the fight that God wants you to fight, that's when blessing comes. For Jacob, he shows us is that when we're fighting the right fight, blessing comes. Lots of Christians are out there fighting different things and they're not living a life of blessing. I'm not just talking about finance. You know that, right? We wouldn't be that that shallow. We're talking about in all areas of our life that it just seems like things just happen, and it's like there's no effort required. You're just kind of doing the right thing. The same happened when we stepped out of uh, uh, at the youth pastor role here. Still remain planted here, but we, we went into schools. It was like schools just kept booging us, kept dirking us, kept booging us, just all the time. People getting saved and people getting um, planted into local churches and local churches calling us up saying, "Would you come?" And and that still has not passed. It's still the same. Every just the other day, I was in some schools that our chaplains are in, and just the amazing response. Young people staying in their own lunch times and recesses. They could have gone off. They could have finished. Their, you know, the, the, the presentation's over, but no, they stayed. They want to ask questions. And I, I don't know about you, but you know that when you're doing the right thing, you know that you're wrestling the right wrestle. You know that you're fighting the right, you know, fight when you've got that resolution, and there's blessing that follows it. Amen. So what is, the, what is the practical application to you? Is Ask yourself, is this fight the fight that I'm meant to be fighting? And whether that be in your personal life, job life, any, any area of your life, am I fighting the right fight? Number two, wrestling for a personal revelation. You know, uh, there are a lot of Christians out there that just love reciting and, and uh, re, you know, just recanting exactly what they hear from someone else. You know, sometimes when people would say stuff to me, even when I was at this church and, and others, and people would say stuff to me, and, I'm, and, and, and it's almost like you're, you're hearing it from that person, but only the other weekend you heard it with, from a different person with a different face. And you're thinking, wait a minute, is this really your argument? Is this really your thing? Or is it someone else's thing? Personal revelation. Church, can I tell you, there is nothing better than getting your own personal revelation from God's word, and from your own prayer time, from your own devotion life. Come on, church, that's who I'm talking to, believers, aren't I? Because the Bible says here, it shows me real, real, real clearly, is that not only when I wrestle the right wrestle, I actually get from the right fight, I get personal resolution, but I can also get my personal revelation. I can get what I want from God and his word. You know, I love, I love podcasts, right? Like, I mean, everyone likes podcasts. And you might have your particular speakers and churches that you like to be influenced by, and you're kind of, you know, you're listening to their stuff. But one of the things that you've got to do as a church and as a believer is you've got to move from just, you know, reciting and, rem- and, and remembering what someone else says is go to the source and get your own revelation, Because that's the difference between someone who can stand and someone who will fall. Someone that has their own revelation and says, no, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to stay in this fight. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get that blessing on my life. That revelation, church. You know, it's nothing like uh, sitting there with some worship music on. This is what I, I love doing is sitting there with some worship music on, reading the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, just one word just pops out at you. And it's like all of a sudden you just go, I never saw that. I've read the Bible for 30 years and I've never seen that. That's an exciting moment for me when I get into the Word and I just all of a sudden begin to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. That, that personal revelation. But I believe you can't actually get to that revelation until you've got the resolution. I really believe that. You've got to have this resolve in your heart that I'm here for the fight. I'm not going to give up. And if it takes me seven minutes, seven days, seven hours, seven months, seven years or 70 years... I don't care how long it takes. I'm here until I get that, revolu- that revelation. And the last point is for us to receive our personal, own personal reformation. You know, reformation, when you look at the definition of that word, it means shape again. In our church at the moment at, at, at Hillsong, the, 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 the theme that, that is pretty much driving all that we do, all our decisions that we're making every week and the way we respond to to challenges or, or questions that come up is pioneer again. And I don't know about you, but even in my own personal life, I felt like I'm pioneering again. Things were starting to get a bit old with your dream, that we're doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden, God just drops an opportunity like our Your Dream conference and already without even trying, without even promoting, we've got 400 people that are going to register for this event. We've got something like 16 youth ministries that have put their hand up and said, we're going to make this our camp. And I mean, that to me is amazing because there's 400 people that don't really have to come You know, it's not like they they have to come and support this, but they want to because for them, it's almost like two, two paths have finally intersected and they're saying, this is what we need. We want this. See, I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have got to this moment unless I'd had that first, that resolution, that when in the wrestle, I've realized this is where I've got to stay. This is the fight that's worth fighting for. Schools and young people saving their schools for Jesus. And then out of that resolution comes my revelation. God, thank you for how I'm going to do it. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for speaking to me. Because out of that comes the reformation. This is what I need to do. This is the new thing that I need to do to change and shape again. You know, church, this morning can be your personal reformation. Every single one of you that God can start again, start afresh the dreams that have been in your heart, the word that you you had years ago that you've given up on. Today can be the day that you say, thank you, Jesus. You walk out this door and you go, thank you, Jesus, for the new start. I thought it was over. I thought it was gone. I thought my opportunities were over. But God, thank you because you're the God of the new. Amen. Come on, come on. Let's praise God, not me. Praise God. Can I get the, maybe Steve come up at least. See, God will always, always speak to you about things you need to hear. He'll always speak to you about things you need to hear. And you know what the sad thing is? And I've seen Christians time and time again fall into this trap. Is God will always speak to you about things you need to hear. And sometimes those things you need to hear will put your hip out of its socket. Sometimes it will get you a little bit offended. Oh, I love it, don't you? Come on, you love it. You love it when you get offended, don't you? No. No one likes to be offended. But sometimes God, like with Jacob, has to be a little bit offensive to get out of Jacob what God could see in there. Sometimes he had to shake the cage as it was just a little bit harder to get you to respond rather than reacting to life. We serve a God who loves us and sometimes love not only is the, all the cushy stuff and the teddy bears and the hugs and the kisses. Thank you, Jesus. But also love is discipline. Sometimes it's correction. Because that's what love is. It's all of those things. When God, when Jesus said those famous words, for God so loved the world. He was not saying that that love is just fun beautiful, running across green fields, love. That word love had so many meanings and so many levels. It's also the God who will correct you when you need it. Why? Because he knows where you need to go. He knows where you want to go. And for you to get to where you want to go and where he wants you to go is he needs to bring that correction. See, If we're not fighting the right fight, because we're always fighting, we're always wrestling something. If we're not fighting the right fight, or we're not wrestling in the right wrestle, you're going to be wrestling in one that you're not meant to be in. And you're going to think that this is where I should be. But friend, today is the time where you say, course correction. I'm going to get out of this fight. I'm going to leave it, walk away, and I'm going to go to where God wants me to be wrestling right now. You know, some of us may be dealing with fellowship and, and, and commitment to fellowship. You know, you've got to treat it like a fight. You know, uh, I, love, I love the worship team this morning. I appreciate it all. But it was a very long time ago that I needed someone to lead me in worship. That was back when I was a kid. Children's Church. That's when I needed it. Because my spirit... My maturity and my my spirituality was nowhere near what it is now. And I remember I needed someone to remind me, hey, Darren, come on, we're singing this song. Come on, sing it with me. Kumbaya. That was boring back then anyway, but uh, thank God it's changed. But uh, but it was a very long time ago that I needed someone to say, come on, let's lift our hands to Jesus. Why? Because now it's an automatic response. Not as autopilot. Please don't think it's that because it's still by choice. Because there are sometimes. No, not sometimes. Let's be honest. Can we be can we truthful? Nearly all the time, I don't feel like worshiping. Nearly all the time, I don't feel like reading the Word of God. Nearly all the time. Okay? Just because I'm a pastor, just because I travel around speaking in churches and schools and conferences, does not make me better than anybody else. I'm still a human being. If I, If you punch me, I'll bleed, but then I'll punch you. No, 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 no. We'll have a wrestle. It'll be fun. Man, who who would not, like, I mean, I would so not want to wrestle with Matt. Man, he's buff, man. Like, look at that guy. It's like he just wears that shirt just to show it. I'm like, yes, I want to be just like him. I do. Computers, IT, and he's buff. It's awesome. Love it. Me, I've just got muscle growing in a different area, but that's all right. See, let me tell you what will speak to this world. Can I, can, I, can I finish with this? Last week, I shared quite a humorous kind of uh, testimony with you about a, a friend that I'm just kind of just still walking the journey. They're not saved yet. They're, you know, they're, they're still struggling. And the funny comment that he announced in front of a very busy cafe with a raised voice, because he doesn't speak very quietly, this guy, but like me is that he, uh, he just announced very quickly, because he knows that he needs to be saved. He, he can see it, but he's struggling, and he's just going, are you trying to tell me that I have to be 10% poorer? That's what you're saying I have to... He's thinking of tithe, you know? But it got me thinking this week about this message, is that what will speak to a world is where, when we're not engaging in the petty fights that the world is so worried about, and there are things, let me just say, church, there are things that the world is fighting for and, 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 and righteous Christians need to be fighting the same fights, right? Like there are some injustices and there are things that we, we can do. But, you know, the other ones, there are other the, the fights that, that, that they just want to draw you into, just want to draw you into them. And um, I just rem- just thought back at that, at that particular moment when we are having this conversation. And I thought this week, how true it is that as believers, what will speak to a world so truly is that if I'm still given 10% or whatever you end up giving to God, you're making first in your life, is that I'm still prospering. That will speak to a world. They'll be like, man, you give away 10% of your income and yet you're still blessed. Why aren't you struggling? Oh, you go to church on Sundays, you give yourself an, you give an hour and a half of your time, and, and then on top of that, you, you're part of the worship team, you come for practices, you give all this time, and yet you still have a healthy marriage. That's what will speak to a world is when you start to wrestle the very things that God wants you to be wrestling with, He wants you to wrestle if, if fellowship and coming to church and lifting your hands and worshiping is a wrestle for you, then, friend, I encourage you, fight that fight. Fight it. Get into it. When you turn up on a Sunday morning, you don't feel like worshiping, worship anyway. Say, God, I'm here for you. I don't care what the world was. Like. The enemy would get in your ear, the devil would get in your ear and say, come on, man, you're too burnt out, too tired for this stuff. You go, no, I'm here for the wrestler. I ain't letting go of God until he blesses me i need the blessing i need the breakthrough we held up prayer requests before friends your prayers don't give up don't give up keep pushing through keep believing you know let god's will be done over those prayer requests in the name of jesus there needs to be this tight this this in our life Where we say, you know what, as I spend time with God, as I make the the fight worth fighting for, the time with God, I want to get around God, I want to wrestle Him for my breakthrough. Let me tell you, you'll be known differently, you'll walk differently, and you'll talk differently. God's blessing always follows the right wrestle. God's blessing always follows the right wrestle. In this room right now, I know, like last week, there were there are people in this place and you are struggling right now with the wrong wrestle. In fact, I'll go as far to say is that your wrestle, what you're committing your life to, what you're giving your life to and your effort to week in and week out is everything except God and His kingdom. The Bible says that every single one of us have this tendency to do things other than what God would want. Why does that happen? Because, friend, no one in this room was ever taught how to to lie. You were never taught how to deceive. Yet it came naturally to you, even as a baby. Because the Bible says that within every single one of us, there is this root of sin. And sin, the Bible says, all started back when Adam and Eve made that choice. And they ate of the tree that God said not to touch. They disobeyed. And the Bible shows us clearly throughout human history the things that are happening right now in the Gaza Strip, the things that are happening over in in Kiev, right here, right now, all the catastrophes that are happening. Let me tell you, friends, it's from a broken world who's been separated from God and his love and his plan and his blessing and his purposes since Adam and Eve made that choice for you and I. Oh, but I didn't choose it. No, friend, we didn't choose it, but we inherited that sin. And the Bible says that that inheritance of sin, and that's hard for a Western mindset to to get sometimes, that how dare you call me a sinner? How dare you? Well, friend, I ain't calling you a sinner. Your argument right now, your wrestle right now is with the Word of God and its author, God. (laughs) And the Bible says that that's what he says we are. The Bible goes on to say that while we were still sinners, while we messed up, while we had no hope, Because the Bible says that those with sin, when they died, they wouldn't enter into the promise of heaven with God. Instead, a place was prepared for the devil who deceived Adam and Eve and his angels. And the Bible says that place is hell. That's separation from God for eternity. And the Bible says very clearly that those who have sinned, who have rejected God and rejected his, His free gift through Jesus Christ, the Bible says that those people will not be thrown into hell. They will throw themselves into hell because there is no place for them in eternity except hell. But friend, I want to tell you, this is a church and these are believers around you that don't want you to end up there. But not only that, these are believers and a church that want to help you live all of God's potential for your life. And through the wrestles and the struggles of life, this church, these believers want to walk it with you. And they want to help fight that fight with you. But the Bible says that every sinner, every person is posed with a choice. And right now I'm posing you with this choice. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.